who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. What's up, you bunch of Jack Wagons? Welcome back for another episode. As always, this is George. It's your boy, Nick. I uh, hope you all had a great holiday weekend. Uh, spent some time with some family, watched lots of football, basketball, hockey, whatever you want to watch over the weekend. Um, hope you enjoy that time with your families. Uh, we have a lot to go over today in, in today's episode. Um, from college football and all the coaching changes that have taken place already. Uh, to the NFL and all the news there, and lots of news to get to in the college basketball world. Uh, a big week last week, and as always, the top five. Uh, starting off, uh, we'll we'll kick it right off with college football. Um, a great weekend of football. Probably one of the most entertaining weekends all year. Like we said last week, rivalry week is always one of those. Just everything just seems to be kicked up all week. Um, starting it off, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Thanksgiving night. Uh, Ole Miss controlled the game pretty handily all night. Uh, Mississippi State tried to mount a little bit of a comeback there. Ole Miss is able to keep them at bay, though, and they get out of there with a win. Uh, huge win for them. First time they've ever won 10 games in a season in program history. That's crazy. I did not yeah. know that. I didn't either. And then they they mentioned that after the game on Thursday. I was like, that there's no way that's right. But, yeah, <laughs> apparently they've never won 10 games in a season before. Well, that's it. Well, you know, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, and you think about it too. Like, I mean, when Eli Manning was there, they were, you know, in contention for the SEC every year. They went to a lot of, well, now it's called the New Year's Six Bowl games. But the, the fact that they have never won a, uh, or won 10 games in a year before, that's, that's wild to think about. Uh, moving on, probably the game, one of the games of the week, I would say. Uh, North Carolina State pulls out a huge win against UNC late. UNC was up two scores. NC State scores twice, 14 points in under 30 seconds. Uh, I remember watch, I was watching that game on TV as it happened. I was getting ready to turn it off. And out of nowhere, NC State just comes storming back. Uh, a huge come from behind win for them. And like I said, probably one of the games of the week. Uh, it was a great game to watch. A lot, very entertaining, as, as they always are. Uh, any thoughts on that game? Yeah. Uh... My FanDuel account was not happy about that game, but uh, it was definitely, it was entertaining for sure. Uh, hell of a game. So I took North Carolina was uh, a six point underdog going into the game or yeah, six plus six going in NC state scored to go up by six on that second touchdown or they went yeah. up by five, excuse me. They went up by five, I believe. And they went to go for two. And I was like, please don't get this. Please don't get this. And I think they didn't get it. Um, and they ended up just kicking an extra point. And so they just won by six. And so I got very lucky. But <laughs> otherwise, I would have been in the same position as you. But I was just, I remember just sitting there going, don't do not do this to me. Because it was that weird was... on Friday. I had such a good Thursday. I was terrible. Like all the bets I put in lost. <laughs> Friday, I went. My Barstool Sportsbook account was down to my last $5 Thursday night. I put um, Ole Miss, whatever the adjusted spread was for like the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. I said 
um, you know, they're going to win by that much. And then I had the Bills winning by, I think it was more than 22 points. They ended up winning by 24 points. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But that was huge. Like, it took me from $5. Like, that was my last $5. I put that bet in. Took me up to, like, almost 20 And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then by the end of Friday, I was up to, like, $50. I was like, dude, this is awesome. And then Saturday, I lost, like, I, I put bets in for the uh, noon games and the 3.30 games. And I was back down to, like, $30. I was like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing this every day. Uh, right. So, yeah, after the, after... I, I lost that money Saturday. I was like, yep, I'm going to sit. I got $30 right here. I'm good. Yeah, so you, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, bub. And I'm just going to say this real quick. We talked about it on Sunday. Uh, do not use the BetMGM app. Uh, by far, one of the worst sportsbook apps Yeah, it's there. my least favorite out of all of them. Uh, and I know it's very new. Uh, you know, they have a lot of, they, they might improve it here in the, in the coming, you know, weeks, months, whatever. True. But uh, I most unsatisfying customer service experience I've ever had. You know, they had all these promos for signing up. I signed up. I They told me I got all my promotions, but I couldn't use them. And then Sunday, I'm driving home, and West Virginia and Virginia both have legal sports betting. So I was like, okay, I can at least put some, you know, use my free bets, whatever, put them in while I'm driving through those states. No. You can only use those states if you register another account while in those states. So I don't know if they meant that I have to completely make a new account while I'm in the, each state, or if I have, there's some registering process I have to go through. I just really don't understand why you have to make it so complicated. Every other app, you just sign up for it once. Hey, you're in a state that's you know this app is legal in. You can use it. I just thought it was way overcomplicated. Uh, but before I keep ranting about sportsbook apps uh we're gonna move on here hey uh, real quick though real quick speaking ahead. of i i i don't know if i was talking to you at the time i was talking to somebody i don't remember who it was but i had seen a commercial for DraftKings, and they said or and it said oh yeah finally allowing same game parlays yeah we were talking about that yeah i was like, like what wait, wait what crazy uh <laughs> but moving on probably i would say one of the the bigger upsets of the week um not that, you know, a five beating a two is a huge upset, but just the way Ohio State had been rolling lately. And it the felt past, like there was a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the way, you know, this game had gone down in the past, Michigan hadn't won in eight years. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has that stigma over him that he can never win a big rivalry game. Uh, Michigan came out and just punched Ohio. Like, almost like what we've seen Ohio State do to their opponents in the past few weeks, just punch their, punch them right in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, Haskins ran the ball all over him. That offensive line, you know, Haskins gets the, the player of the game or whatever, and he, rightfully so, but that offensive line was just a unit, just bulldozing people out of the way all day. It seemed it seemed like they were convener, converting third and shorts whenever they wanted to. Just hand the ball off to Haskins. He, you know, he needs three yards. All of a sudden, you look up, and he has a 20-yard run just ripping it off. Um, So a huge one for Michigan there. Uh, we'll get to the rankings here in a little bit. They moved up to number two. Uh, big game for them this weekend against Iowa. Um, Iowa has looked a lot better the last few weeks. Had to come from behind win this past weekend over Nebraska. But it always seems like Iowa has the poison for Michigan. You know, every time Michigan's having a really great year, they end up playing Iowa. And Iowa seems to just sneak out a win over them. 
So it's a big, big game for Michigan this weekend, not just, you know, to win the conference, but to get to the playoffs, you know, get Harbaugh finally, you know, resurrect his, you know, his, his coaching stature um, as, as one of the best coaches and, you know, deserving of all this praise and all this money that he gets. So on. Uh, moving on, um, Michigan State over Penn State uh, in the snowball. Uh, yes. Penn State looked, I, I don't even, they looked awful. They really did. Yeah. Um, that, I, I, I don't like to say this, um, but to be honest with you, half of it looked like, now I, I told you my feelings. I don't think Clifford should have been in. Um, you know, I, I want him to play in the bowl game by all means. Um, but I didn't think he should have played that last game. Um, but regardless, I, I do, I, I love Sean Clifford. Um, you know, I have respect for him as a player. Uh, but I just I I didn't want to see him play that game. I wanted to see him play the bowl game. Didn't want to see him play the game. But anyway, uh, it looked like a totally different team from what we had seen all year. Uh, quite honestly, some of it looked like well, our season's over. Um, it's snowing out here. It's cold. Like, you know, I want to get to the bowl game and and get on with it. Like. And and I don't necessarily think that's what it was. I'm just as a fan, and watching the team all year, and then seeing that performance, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, they're they're ready to get to Florida and play in the Outback Bowl and get some, you know, free onion blossoms. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Just real quick, another thing I want to talk about, and we kind of touched on this Saturday, and I I know it's a rule thing, and this was obviously nothing Penn State planned. It's their away uniforms, but I think. The NCAA and, and football in general should have a thing in place where if a team is wearing all white jerseys and it starts snowing and you can't see 10 feet in front of you, that they should have to wear a different color jersey. <laughs> like, make them wear their blue. Just take it, like, just pack it in the bags. You see snows in the forecast. Just pack it in the bag. Take it with them. And because <laughs> it was so, like, we're watching it on TV. We're supposed to know where the players are. And I couldn't tell where the secondary was half the time. And I was like, I could only imagine being a quarterback out there and you're trying to throw a pass. You see a wide open or who you assume to be wide open. You throw it to him and all of a sudden the ball just disappears. And then it's running by you the opposite direction. Um, obviously, you know, that's never going to change. But I, I felt so bad for Michigan State and their quarterback. Cause it's just like, what are you doing? I mean, even offense for Penn State, like you got to assume like, well, my wide receiver's out there somewhere. Fuck it, I'll throw it. <laughs> and that, well, I yeah. mean, to be fair, that's what Clifford looked like half the time. But yeah, fair. Uh, and but, then uh, another thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it it reminded me of that Aaron Donald commercial um, where he puts on the invisibility <laughs> suit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, a perfect example of it was one of the announcers. Uh, we were on offense, and one of the announcers went to circle Jahan Dotson. And like drew a circle somewhere <laughs> around the, the middle slot of and was like, like he's there somewhere, and, I think and he, he was, but you could not yeah. see him. Uh, and then another thing I want to touch on real quick about this game, um, and it's it's more of a coaching decision. And I understand your analytics probably said, "Hey, whatever, just kick the extra point here." Um, well, backing up to the end of the half, they went for it on fourth down. I understand your kicking game has sucked. The last, you know, pretty much all season, actually, but especially the last few weeks. Just just take at least attempt the points. Your offense has really struggled. Just you're in the red zone. Give your kicker another shot or put your backup kicker in. I don't care. Whatever. 
but kick the field goal there. Because if they did, one, they're leading going in the half. And two, the way the second half transpired, they get that late touchdown. They would have only been down by three at that point then, too, only needing a field goal. Or what I'm saying here is, so the game plays out the same exact way as it did. They score that late touchdown. Go for two. Because when they scored the touchdown, at that point, I believe they were down by five. Um, They lined up the extra point. It put them down by four. I would go for two there because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're not going to get it and you're still down by five. You still need to score a touchdown rather than just kick the extra point and you still need a touchdown. Go for two. Like, why not? Especially at that point, you have nothing to lose right now. You are not the number two team in the country trying to get into the playoffs. Like, you have nothing to lose. Say, screw it. Let's go out here. Let's score two. We're down by three. And then we get the onside kick. We just need to drive a little bit further and try and kick another field goal. Like, either way, you should have given your field goal kicker a chance, either at the end of the first half or, you know, at that point. Now, I understand they didn't get the onside kick. You know, if might have went differently if they got the two-point conversion there or whatever. I don't know. Um, that's just my thought from watching the game is, I, regardless of what happened, I would have went for two there. If you get it, hey, you're now by three. If a couple things bounce your way, you just need a field goal rather than, all right, we're just going to kick the extra point, be down by four, and still need the touchdown either way. Uh, I know it's James Franklin. He's going to do whatever he wants to anyway. That's just my only critique of that situation. No, I definitely agree with you. Uh, you know, there's no difference between being down by four and being down by five. No. Right. It's not like there's a there's a. I mean, not, not at that point in the game anyway. Yeah. It's not like basketball where there's a four-point play. You know, you jump into somebody as you're shooting a three. Um, you either get three or you get six, and then possibly seven or eight. Anyway, moving on. Um, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Uh, again, a really great game. Uh, Oklahoma came out of half and looked like they were just going to start running away with it. Uh, Oklahoma State fumbles the ball deep in their own area. Uh, they get a safety. Um, they they punt. Oklahoma gets the ball. They start, they didn't get a drive going at all. So they punt. Oklahoma State muffs the punt. Oklahoma recovers it. And that all happened like a span of like a minute and a half. And it almost looked like, okay, here it comes. Like Oklahoma State's just, their, the wheels are going to fall off. Oklahoma State's going to get a big win. Or excuse me, Oklahoma's going to get the big win. Maybe put themselves back in conversation for the, uh, the playoffs here. If things shake out, whatever. And... It actually went the other way from there on. Oklahoma, it seemed like, just shut down completely. Oklahoma State came out, showed how good of a team they really are, and just absolutely pummeled Oklahoma to the rest of the second half. They get a big win, a huge stop there. Um, where was the last play? Oklahoma had the ball. They pressured Williams. He scrambled, and it looked like he had free reign to the first down. And uh, the Oklahoma State linebacker just dove and just barely caught his foot and didn't let go and just gate rolled that man to death. Uh, and it, it sucked to see him, you know, basically all of his, his dreams and, you know, five feet in front of him. But a great play by the defense for Oklahoma State. So they will advance. They play Baylor this weekend for the Big 12 championship. Uh, again, we're going to get to the rankings here in a minute. Uh, they're ranked number five right now. So. If things shake out the right way for them, they could definitely punch their ticket to the uh, the college football playoff, which will be huge for them and Mike Gundy. Um, it's been multiple years now that they've been on the verge of either the BCS championship or the playoffs. 
and they just have one thing after another go wrong against them. Uh, so hopefully for, for Gundy's reputation and his career, he can get this team over the hump and, you know, possibly into the playoffs, depending on how things go. Uh, anyway, sorry, your thoughts about that game. Uh, quite honestly, um, it was, I, I don't want to say that it went exactly how I thought it was gonna, um, uh, <laughs> not quite, uh, the score looked how I thought it was gonna, I'll put it to you that way. Um, it was an entertaining game to watch. Definitely. Uh, I was, uh, I, like you said, um, you know, we all thought Oklahoma was taking it in the first half and. Oklahoma State managed to not only make it a competitive game after that, but do something about it uh, and win. And honestly, um, it's a great time to be getting momentum going into the bowl season. Uh, obviously, it'd probably have to be a pretty ridiculous scenario uh, for them to to be in the playoffs. But looking at a good bowl game, um, carry the momentum, and just keep doing what's been working for him yeah um and then finally the last game that we picked last week uh florida gets a big win over florida state uh without dan mullen there was our first game without him uh they came out and they they pretty much controlled the game all day there was a pregame scuffle as always it seems between these two teams um but florida is able to at least salvage something out of the season uh they get the six and five they're going to go to a bowl game obviously not uh, where they wanted to be at the start of the season. They still had college football playoff aspirations, uh, possible SEC championship aspirations, so on. Um, not going to get there. Fired Dan Mullen uh, in the middle of last week. So it's nice to see them at least come together for one final regular season game, punch their ticket to a bowl game, beat a, a big rival. And Florida State gets sent home for the season at 5-6. and six. No bowl game for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they try and give Norvell another year there, or if you're just going to tell him to pack his bags. Uh, we shall wait and see. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. So, poop bowl. Um, I kind of called it. Uh, it. I I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Um, but what I did watch, I'm not gonna lie, looked a little better than what I thought it was gonna. What I thought it was gonna look like. Uh, I don't like. I said I don't know how the rest of the game went. I just watched a little bit, seeing the final score. Um, but close game, just as expected. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised both teams made it into the twenties. I just thought it just, it had all the makings of what I thought a low scoring, like eight turnover game would be right but anyway. Um, no, uh, while it's not the season you were hoping to have, you made a bowl game. Um, now you got to go out, make the best of that bowl game, carry that momentum, into recruiting and the off season get better um you know no matter no matter who you have uh leading but just, like i said just got to take the momentum um you know it's it's not pretty and it's not always going to be pretty but it's what you do with it yeah absolutely um so that wraps up our, our the games that we predicted for last week uh we both struggled this week um struggled. we both went two and four uh, that puts me at 13 and five overall. Nick is now seven and 11. Um, go get your free Slurpees. But yeah, uh, rough, rough week, but hey, I'm still winning. So that's all I care about. All right. And so that brings us to the new top 10 that just came out. Uh, number one, still Georgia. Michigan jumps up to number two. 
Bama stays at number three. They had a scare last weekend against Auburn. Uh, Auburn controlled the game. Oh, I shouldn't say control, but they just stuffed Alabama's offense all night through the first three quarters. Uh, fourth quarter, they just, you know, not the greatest play calling and not the greatest awareness from the running back. Uh, let Alabama, you know, get a bunch of free time. Uh, they, they tie it going to overtime. You know, four times is enough. Uh, they, they pull out a win. <clears throat> Cincinnati stays at four. Oklahoma State jumps up to number five. Notre Dame at six. Ohio State drops to seven. Ole Miss at eight. Baylor at nine. And Oregon at ten. What are your thoughts? Uh, So, I definitely I agree with the first two. Um, I think we might have discussed this a little bit on Saturday. I'm not very high on Bama. Um, they've looked good at spurts this season. Um, and I guess if I'm the committee, you're thinking, well, even though they're not like, it, it's hard to look at Bama and say like, how good are they? Cause we're so used to some of the greatest teams, you know, these teams, the past couple of years have been levels ahead of other teams some years. Um, so it's kind of hard to judge Bama, but I think especially with Auburn, um, scaring, like decently scaring them, um, Without their starting quarterback, it it drew questions in my mind um, as far as how good is this Alabama team really? Um, you know, we've seen we've seen their weaknesses this year. Um, right. Regardless, before I get too far into that, uh, number four, Cincy. Um, this is one uh, kind of like Bama, I guess. Like uh, I'm not sold on it. Um, I think that they're a very good team, um, and like Bama, the question would be, well, who's better than them? Um, and quite honestly, it, it's kind of a hard question to answer. So four at this point seems right. Uh, five, I take back my previous statements about Oklahoma State. I didn't think they'd be sitting at five currently. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I did not check the top ten. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I quite on. I think that's where they belong. Um, they're definitely them in Cincinnati to me. Now Cincinnati obviously has a little edge with being undefeated, um, but I I think that four and five is it could be interchangeable. And if both teams win, um, I I think it's gonna make the choice real hard. Yeah. Um. I I would put the only other thing I would add to this is I would put Cincy at three and Bama at four only because Bama has the one loss and they didn't look great this weekend and Cincy you know the past few weeks you know they haven't looked the greatest and then all of a sudden the last three weeks they're showing their offensive prowess that you know we all expected them to have all year um so just the way that they've been playing lately would give me enough reason to put them at three over Bama um, obviously, I don't think the, the committee is ever going to do that unless Bama loses again. Um, but big, big test for both of those teams this weekend. It's put up or shut up weekend for Bama. Uh, you know, they played Georgia and Atlanta. We get to see if this team is for real and they've just been hiding a lot of stuff all year. Or if, you know, all these weaknesses that we've seen certain teams expose haven't been fixed and Georgia just pounds them. Um, but we will worry about that more on. Thursday's podcast. Uh, moving, staying in college football land. Um, moving over to the coaching changes. Uh, Billy Napier, uh, the head coach at Louisiana, announces Florida's new head coach. Uh, 
Kaylin DeBoer uh, is going to go from Fresno State to Washington. Sonny Dykes goes to TCU from SMU. Uh, and this one will break your heart, Nick. Brent Pry, uh, the Penn State defensive coordinator, is announced as Virginia Tech's next head coach. Uh, I know that hurts you, but uh, I'll, I'll let you speak to that. Obviously, it, it's hard to see Brent Pry go. Uh, he's done a lot for us. Uh, we were talking before we got on here tonight um, about it a little bit. and Quite honestly, that defense has held that team together at points. Um, and a lot of that has to do with him. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I hope he has. He continues to have a successful career. Um, sad to see him go, but glad that glad that his success has not only been able to benefit us, but also benefit himself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, like you said, he's his defense is the reason that Penn State stayed in a lot of games this year. I mean, that Michigan State game over the weekend was one of those. Without that pick six, they created. Um, you know, that's another touchdown off the board. And the way their offense just wasn't moving at all, you know, if that if your defense doesn't get that pick six, I don't think we're talking about, you know, oh, you know, Franklin maybe should have gone for two, that whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a great defensive-minded coach. He has done a lot there for that program. Um, obviously, I'm not, a, I'm not a Virginia Tech fan, but I do enjoy some Virginia Tech football. I loved watching, you know, be, I was lucky enough to watch Michael Vick uh, lead them to the Sugar Bowl that one year. I was always a huge fan of Frank Beamer and his coaching style. Um, I went to a Virginia Tech game this year, and that was honestly one of the most awesome experiences I've had in my life. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that that program can turn it around. Uh, they got a huge win uh, this past weekend over their in-state rival, Virginia. They're able to go to a bowl game now. It's great for that program. Um, obviously, Fuente just didn't work out there. He had high hopes. Didn't work out, but hey, um, all the best to Brent Pry uh, and, and his future at Virginia Tech. Moving on, um, two other coaching changes. Lincoln Riley um, announces that he is going to USC, uh, is signed there. Brian Kelly, uh, in, the, in the dark of the night, uh, announces he's going to LSU. And I just want to talk about these two, uh, for lack of a better word, dipshits. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with Lincoln Riley because he was the first one. First of all, his contract, good, his contract is what? What the hell is USC thinking? <laughs> he got a hundred million dollar contract. Uh, they bought both of his houses that he has in Oklahoma. The reason he has two, uh, he was living in one, was building another one. It was literally just started moving into that house. Uh, so still technically has two houses. They bought both of those houses for $500,000 over asking price. So he gets a million dollar bonus from that. Mm. They bought him a $6 million house in LA. Mm. Uh, he can use a private jet whenever he wants. Like what the, what? And I, I'll get to why I don't think he deserves any of this in the first place here. So, well, the first question, hold on real quick. No, go ahead. The first go question ahead. for me would have to be. Like, does Nick Saban get any of this? Because if Nick Saban don't get any of it, Nick Saban's rich enough he can afford his own goddamn private jet. That's fair. All right, go ahead. (laughs) But so Lincoln Riley becomes a head coach when Bob Stoops decides he wants to step down. Um, Lincoln Riley was offensive coordinator at the time. He inherits a top tier program in Oklahoma. Granted, he has done a great job in recruiting. I will not take that away from him. But 
what has he done other than get just curb stomped every year whenever he makes it to the playoff by an SEC team? Like, he, he leads Oklahoma through this great regular season every year. You know, they run through the Big 12 almost seemingly at will. And then he gets to a bowl game, plays an SEC school, and just gets stomped. Like, the only time I remember them being in a close game against the SEC is when they had Baker Mayfield, and I believe they went to overtime in the Rose Bowl against Georgia. Um, Sounds about right. So, now he's running from playing in the SEC because Oklahoma announces before the season that Oklahoma is going to switch to the SEC, and it's supposed to be 2025. A lot of people think it's going to be sooner than that. But he's going to, you know, Oklahoma's going to move to the SEC. He's scared. He's just scared of coaching in the SEC. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to USC. And I hope to God he fails. I really do. And here's why I think he will. Because USC isn't an established program right now. They used to be. Back when Pete Carroll was there, they were, you know, national championships left and right, always in the Rose Bowl, whatever. But now he has to go there and rebuild this program. And it's not like it was back then when, you know, these kids would watch USC just go out and dominate. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go be a Trojan one day. That, you know, that era ended when we were kids. And now these kids that are going through high school, getting ready to graduate, they don't know what that's like. The only reason they want to go to USC is because, oh, mommy and daddy told me they used to be great. Or, you know, it, it's a local school. It's a big party school, whatever. Yeah. And if they have a choice, they'd probably go to UCLA anyway. Yeah. And I, granted, he probably will do a great job at recruiting. Because, um, like I said, he is, you know, a really good recruiter. But I, I, I just don't understand why. Well, I mean, I mean, I understand why he leaves because he doesn't want to coach in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, he just wants to act like a little bitch and leave. <laughs> but that's at least come out and say it. Like, just you know, everybody linked him to the LSU job at first, and he's like, no, you know, I'm not leaving. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm not coaching at LSU. I'm an Oklahoma boy, whatever. And then watching the Oklahoma players and recruits just melt down on Twitter. Um, you know, the, the campus labeling him a traitor everywhere. I feel so sorry for them and so bad for them. But it's just been so funny to watch this hatred boil over. He had a press conference today and he was like, you know, I, I, I love Oklahoma. I will always love them. This is just a personal decision I had to make. It, it's always been a dream job, whatever. Uh, and he said... I believe one of his statements were was we're going to make this the Mecca of college football again. Hmm. And three players from Oklahoma come in and goes, yeah, he told us the same thing. Hmm. And I'll get to Brian Kelly here, but it's like ever since he announced that Spencer Rattlers decided to transfer, which I think was coming either way. I'm not linking those two together. Uh, Rattler just realized he wasn't ever going to start there again. Uh, it's time to move on. But they've had all all of their five star recruits have decommitted now. Uh, a lot of the four stars too. It's it's one thing to just like up and leave, uh, but the timing of him doing it, and you know how he did it, just left a salty taste in a lot of people's mouths. And now he's all but effectively ruined that program. I I feel like. Um, yeah, I agree. It'll be very hard for a new coach to come in there. And he has to pick up the pieces really quick and try and get those decommits to, you know, buy into his program now. But even then, they're going to be wary. Be like, okay, you know, I'll buy into your program, but what's to stop you from leaving me or leaving the program just to go to another school and lie to my face? And yeah. that, that's probably the scariest part about being recruited as an 18, 17-year-old kid is these college coaches come in your house and they just sell you on this dream like, you know, we want to build the best program in the country and you're going to be a big piece of that. 
and you go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to sign my life over to you for the next two to four years, and I'm going to trust you. And then they turn around and they, they, they do this. And I feel so bad for the, the kids that have to go through this now. Uh, and like I said, he's, he's all but effectively ruined that program at Oklahoma. Um, I'm not an Oklahoma fan, but I will forever label Lincoln Riley as a bitch, as a traitor. And I wish nothing but utter failure for him. And I, I hope that nothing good ever comes of this, this hire. And I, I will also go on the record and say I believe that the USC coaching job is just cursed. Uh, ever since Pete Carroll left, I, I I think he put a hex on that office when he was walking out. <laughs> and just Wouldn't no matter surprise. what, you know, top tier coach they try to bring in or whatever, it, it just always seems to fail horrendously. Uh, I mean, uh, Pete Carroll leaves, you know, with all those allegations surfacing about, you know, payers being played or players being paid, uh, all this other stuff. I just think since that point that that job is just cursed. And I don't believe, I honest to God, you know, personal opinions about the guy to the side, I don't believe this guy is who should have been picked to lead USC from the bottom of the Pac-12, you know, back to their glory. And especially when he's running, because he doesn't want to coach against SEC schools, because he knows he's not good enough. He knows that any time he has to coach in the SEC, he's just going to get curb stomped, because he's not good. He's not good enough. Uh, moving on, my friend Brian <laughs> Kelly, you're also an asshole. Oh, he's going in tonight. I am. Uh, and see, it, it'd be one thing if he was struggling at uh, at Notre Dame. He's not. He has them, had them, excuse me, he's not there anymore. He had them on the verge of making the playoff. You know, they're sitting at number six right now. If the dominoes fall the right way this weekend, hey, you're in the playoff. Your one loss is to a Cincinnati team who's just ahead of you. And a lot of people argue that was before they even really found their footing this season. But just the, the, the cowardly way he did this is what bugs me the most. Is, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, people were linking him, again, not to the LSU job, but to the USC job. And, you know, he keeps coming out saying, the only way I'm leaving is if a fairy godmother comes down and drops $250 million on my lap and says, go coach here. Well, apparently that uh, very godmother was LSU because it came out late last night, almost out of nowhere, that Brian Kelly was leaving. He's going to LSU. He sends a group me text message to the team and says, oh, guys, I'm really sorry. This wasn't supposed to get leaked. I wanted you to hear it from me in person. Um, we're going to hold a team meeting at 7 a.m. <laughs> I was at 7 a.m. First of all, I went to college. I, I know these are Division One athletes. They usually have workouts in the mornings. Um, but I can tell you right now, unless you were supposed to have a workout, I would have slept in and skipped that meeting. Uh, anyway, calls him in for a meeting at 7 a.m. I believe pretty much the whole team was there. Um, he was seen leaving campus at 7, 11 a.m. So <laughs> wow. you, so you, you stab these kids in the back and then you say, I want to, I want to come in. I want to explain myself. I, I want you guys to hear my side at 7 a.m. Now, Grant, I understand a lot of them probably class at 8 a.m., whatever. You want to get them in early. Okay, fine. You didn't want them going through the school day, uh, questions from teachers, press, whatever, while you're trying to do your classes. Again, I understand. But you call these kids at 7 a.m. after stabbing them in the back the night before, and then you just leave after 11 minutes. <laughs> like, what kind of backward bullshit is that? My man said 
yeah, that's my bad. Dapped them all up and walked out. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, from what I heard is there was, like, a player and whatever coaches are still there, they still had a meeting. Basically, you know, like, hey, screw him. We got to get back to work. Um, you know, get through your, your classes. We got workouts today. We're still going to work. We still got, you know, the rest of our season to worry about, whether it be playoffs, a bowl game, whatever. Um, then it came out that he tried to pay their defensive coordinator right now. And excuse me, I'm blanking on his name. I've been talking about him all day with my one Notre Dame friend. <laughs> um, and almost the entire team has come out on Twitter. Uh, all the recruits have come out too and said, this is who we want as our next head coach. Like, if you want all these recruits that you have coming next year to stay yours, you better hire him, and that's the only way we're going to stay united and, and stay signed to Notre Dame. Otherwise, you pick somebody else, you know, we're going to look into our other options here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, never seen this from a, a university or a team saying, hire this guy, or, you know, not that we riot, but, like, hire this guy or there's going to be consequences. Yeah. Let alone, like, a recruiting class. Like, normally when you see a head coach get fired or he leaves to go somewhere else, it's like, okay, well, just find the best possible candidate. Like, all of their players are coming out saying, hire this guy. This is your only option. Do not look anywhere else. Don't hire Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Don't hire, you know, anybody else on the market right now. Hire him before he leaves, and you're going to save this program. Because it came out, too, that Brian Kelly offered to make him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country if he leaves Notre Dame and comes to LSU with him. Hmm. And that should speak volumes in and of itself. So hopefully Notre Dame does the right thing and they hire him. And I have so much more that I could say to Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly, the two biggest backstabbing pieces of shit in college football right now. Hmm. But we have, we have a lot more to cover. I'm getting a little hmm. worked up. My heart's racing. I need to take that a deep breath. Uh, so we're going to move it on. Over in the NFL, we had a, a great uh, set of weekend games uh, starting on Thanksgiving. Uh, the Bears tried to ruin my holiday. They really did. Tried. And I, I honestly thought they were. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the Lions coaching mistakes here. We'll get to that. Uh, but the Bears over the Lions, a uh, close game to kick the game-winning field goal as time expires. Let me get your thoughts on it first. Uh, I believe it was the only leg out of like a five-leg parlay that I put together to miss. Um, we discussed that. I had the Detroit money line instead of the spread. I'm an idiot. Um, but regardless, uh, as far as the game itself goes, <laughs> quite honestly, it was exactly like probably everybody thought it was going to be um, low scoring, boring. Um, I don't know if I'd talk to you about it, uh, but I believe I'd said to somebody, um, Andy Dalton, after that win now granted like i know he's been benched for the rookie um his head coach is a dumbass all that stuff um but he carried himself like he just won the super bowl uh i don't remember the exact quote from the post-game interview that i heard but he was talking about how he threw for 300 yards or something and like I, I don't know. It seemed weird. Like, not to take yeah. anything away. Struggling team. Um, You know, I'm glad y'all beat the team that you should have beat. As far as the Lions go, I don't... You have to try to lose this many games at this point. Like, they've been in so many games, and they just can't get it done. 
I don't know, like, maybe they don't like golf. They're they're not even thinking for a quarterback. There's not even a good one. I, I don't know. They need a DN real bad. Whatever it is, like, I, they've got to be trying to lose at this point. But nonetheless, good game for Chicago to feel good about themselves. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that trying to lose point here in a second. Um, but just really quick, get to back to Andy Dalton. I, I agree with you. He was, you know, probably a little bit too much on the interview there. But like I said to you, I think with everything that's going on within the season, you know, he's brought in last, you know, January, February, I think it was, um, and told, hey, you are our quarterback. And then they turn around in the draft and they draft Justin Fields. You're like, ah, well, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, they keep it up all, all offseason. Andy's our starter. Andy's our starter. You get to play a couple weeks. Granted, this team is not good. Like, he doesn't have a lot of, of people around him. No. And also, you know, he is not the greatest quarterback. I understand that. But then you get, you know, you get hurt, and then you get benched. And then you're basically told, like, All right, you're worthless to us at this point. And then Justin Fields gets hurt. You came in at, at the end of last week in that loss against the Ravens. He did look pretty good. You know, we still lost, but he actually, you know, looked pretty good. And then you, you get told... Hey, Fields is still out. You get to start again. And this is, you know, might be your last shot to start in the NFL, maybe. Uh, who knows how long Fields is going to be out. But if he comes back this week, all signs point that he's probably, you know, going to get benched again. So this might be your last ever start. I think it was more of, you know, those emotions hitting him. Like, hey, I came out here. I proved that I can still do this. So I think that that's, you know, why his emotions were so high in that moment. Yeah. But nonetheless, I, like I said, I, I wasn't trying to take away from. Yeah, him. I just thought I, was, yeah. I just thought it was funny. Um, nonetheless, I, so I want to go over the last Bears drive here, really quick, just because watching this unfold, even as a Bears fan, I'm sitting there like, what the hell are the Lions doing? <laughs> so the Bears are driving down the field. They get inside the twenty. Uh, then or excuse me, Detroit calls its second timeout. Uh, they stop the clock. The Bears line up again at this exact moment. I believe it was it was second down, first or second down, and they just used their, their second timeout. Or excuse me, they they called their first timeout. They line up for the play, and then nobody is lined up right, so they call their second timeout. Again, I believe it was it was first or second down. They come over, they get reorganized. During that timeout, I look at my team and I say, "Let them score." You saw Ohio State do this in the game against Michigan. They just let Michigan store score. You hurry up and get the ball back and you can make something happen. They were winning at that point, yes. And, you know, granted, Chicago's kicking game is not always 100%. <laughs> but you have to figure, okay, either if we hold them to the field goal and they make it, we're not going to have any time left, or we let them score and we get the ball back and we at least give our offense a chance here. Yeah. Like, if, if they would have let them score, I believe it was just under a minute left, you let that running back score. Or, or receiver, whoever, just let them score. You get the ball back, and you get a chance. You get more of a chance than just leaving up to God and to your faith, whatever, yeah. that they're going to miss another kick. You you let them score, and you put the game in your hand of, hey, either we're going to win this thing or we're going to lose this damn thing. And you go out fighting. Now, I, I understand that everybody would have criticized them for letting them score or whatever, but I am just arguing for the sake of you would have given yourself a chance to put your offense back on the field to, to prove to people why you traded for Jared Goff 
or you know maybe it was more the other way around you traded to get rid of Matt Stafford <laughs> whatever I don't care but you let him go out there and show that hey I can lead this offense and you know like I said you give yourself a chance to go out there and win the football game rather than leave it up to hope and faith that you win um, yeah I, I definitely agree on that point and and quite honestly at the very least if you're not going to let them score if you're going to try to hope for a miracle you got to have better execution you can't you can't already give yourself such a little chance and right. then mess it up like like that i mean that was catastrophically bad it was um speaking of catastrophically bad uh raiders uh beat the cowboys um the officiating overall was pretty terrible that it was but um i forget maybe you can help me out with this the, the cowboys cornerback um at some point, either you either A, bench him, or B, you just duct tape his hands behind his back and stop letting him just put his hands all over the receivers yeah, in key uh, situations. Brown, something Brown. I oh can't my remember God. his first name. Like the first two, it was like, okay, that's a little ridiculous, but get it in check. The third and the fourth, again, at, at what point do you just sit there and go, eh, well, we'll let him play? Especially with the very last one, sets the Raiders up in field goal range. To kick the game-winning field goal, yeah. and it was—he didn't even attempt anything other than just tackling the wide receiver in the middle of the open field. Yeah. Now I, I will—I will admit, I again—I'm not a Cowboys fan by any mean, but I do feel like they got screwed a little bit in that game. I, I feel like they—I think they set a record for amount of uh, penalty yardage in a game, both teams. Uh, so the refs overall—and we've said this before all season—refs have been terrible all year, but. At some point, like he, I just remember watching that play, just going, "What is going through your brain at this point?" Like, <laughs> I don't even think he didn't try to turn around. Nothing. He just straight up said, "You know what? I'm tackling you, whether you have the ball or not. I don't care. The ball's still in the air. I'm just tackling you because I feel like it." And that's almost what it looked like. Yeah, it was kind of like he was like, "You know what? I already got three. Why not?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might might as well, you know, go for go for the the cycle here and get four. No, and um, this is great. And I had actually. Uh... The next day, I was watching TV in the morning, and Stephen A. Smith had said something along the lines of, um, he he had told everybody that eventually Dallas would collapse. We, everybody just had to wait and be patient. And according to, I said the same thing, pretty much. Um, it, it's what Dallas does best. Um, it always seems to happen one way or another, and we're starting to see it here. Now, they have some injuries uh, that they hopefully will be getting back. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's a Dallas thing. They do it. It almost seems like every year, everybody always talks about Dallas, this Dallas, that, and they find a way to fumble it away. Even if they end up winning the division, they like squeeze by it's what Dallas does. Um, and obviously, uh, while I wish success on everybody that for my team's sake, I hope they continue to roll downhill. Yeah. Um, I believe I, I looked tonight. I think the Redskins are only three games back now, two or three games back. Um, and they have started to look a little bit better the past few weeks. They kind of struggled a lot last night. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. They're able to pull out the win. But, yeah, if Dallas isn't careful. And I believe they play the Reds, or excuse me, they play Washington twice still. Um, yes. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that division shakes out. You know, we just gave them high praise. A few weeks ago saying that you know last year all the teams sucked 
it was basically who just sucked the least. And, you know, this year, you know, a lot of the teams are looking a lot better. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, you guys still suck. Okay. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to go on record on this podcast and say this, that from now on, I don't care how good they look. I don't care who they're facing. I will forever choose whoever is playing Ohio State and Dallas. I, yeah, and Philly. See, no, I'm, I'm going to keep Philly. picking them because obviously when we pick them, they suck. So oh, I'm just going to keep picking them and hoping they I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not betting on them. I'll no, pick yeah, them. no, I will never bet on them ever If again. it gives them yeah. the loss, I'll pick them all day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not giving them free money anymore. No. Uh, moving on, the last Thanksgiving game. Um, I mean, you and I both thought this would be a lot closer. I think a lot of people did too. Uh, Bills just steamrolled the Saints. Uh, the first half, it, it did not look like that. It was, I believe, 10 nothing at halftime. Josh Allen had thrown two picks on back-to-back possessions nonetheless. Thanks for her. Uh, you know, I won my fantasy this week. But, you know, taking those two picks off of there would have been a little nice. But, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Um, yeah, they came out the second half, just steamrolled the Saints. Uh, it almost looked like at one point they were going to hold the Saints completely scoreless. Uh, but the Saints did get a touchdown there late. Uh, but big win for the Bills. Your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, the Bills uh, were actually one of my favorite teams at the start of the season. Um, I've been on the Josh Allen bandwagon before a lot of even Bills fans were. Um, I always seen something in him. I thought he was going to be the MVP this year. Uh, obviously, uh, hasn't quite played like that. Um, but regardless, that's a good team um, when they're healthy and when they're playing together as a team. Um, we've seen flashes of that, uh, you know, this game against uh, us, Washington, early on in the season. We've seen flashes, uh, but we've seen flashes of them struggling, too. And um, when it comes to the playoffs, you can't you can't have flashes of struggling. Um, so if the Bills, you know, want to want to take that next step, they're going to have to get it together. Um, they're going to have to play consistent and play good. Yeah, and uh, just real quick, I want to, speaking of fantasy, um, this is just a PSA for everybody out there. If you sign up for a fantasy league and, you know, you know you're not going to have the time for it, or if you just, you don't have as good a team as you thought and you're losing a lot and you just quit, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. I played two different, you know, I, I have three leagues. In two of my leagues this week, I played people that weren't keeping up with their lineup because like I said, either they're busy or they just gave up because they're not doing good. I listen, I do enjoy the free wins because it helps me in the standings, <laughs> but just for the sake of being in a fancy league, don't do that. S- see it through. Or if you know, you're going to be busy. Hey, you know, I appreciate the invite. Um, you know, I have a lot going on this year. I can't do it. Yeah. Like don't, don't waste our time. Like I said, I, I I thank you for the free wins to those of you two that that I uh, that I played that didn't adjust your teams at all. I played one guy; he scored a total of thirty points. I'm not kidding you, thirty points this mm. week. He had uh, he, he had Patrick Mahomes on his bench, or no, ooh. sorry, Patrick Mahomes on his roster oh. that didn't play. Harrison Butker didn't play. Um, Zach Moss was on IR. <laughs> or sorry, he was out last week. He was not on IR. He was out last week, scored zero points. Um, 
Now, everybody else on his team was playing, but they were just terrible players. Okay, Kenyon Drake, who only got him five points. Keenan Allen was his highest scoring player at 15 points. Damn. Um, meanwhile, my lowest scoring player was Mike Isecki at four and a half points. There you go. So, What's funny about that is, so there was a guy in um, the one league I'm in with the boys, and he, he auto-drafted, and he didn't mm-hmm. look at his team for the first, like, three weeks, and I happened to play him, like, week one. And it might have been week two. I don't know. Um, but whatever week it was, his kicker that he auto-drafted, I don't remember which one it was, but went off for, like, 27 fantasy points. It was, like, 20-something fantasy points. And I ended up losing by, like, three. And I was like, that's some bullshit. This man's auto-drafted a kicker, and it scored 20-something points. Like, that's just that's the way the season's been this year. But anyway. And, like, I think the thing that upsets me the most is, so I have – Leonard Fournette on my team. And the dude goes, he scored 40, almost, yeah, 44 points this week. And I wasted it on a guy that wasn't even playing. Mm. Like, that, I think that's what upsets me the most about all this. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're, we're getting a little off track here. It happens. So, yeah, b- Bills over the Saints. Um, moving on, the Packers get a big win over the Rams. It looked at <laughs> one point like the Packers are just going to run away with this. Uh, wasn't the case. Rams at least tried to make it a little bit of a game there at the end. Um, but the Packers, a big win over the Rams. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, quite honestly, this late in the season, I'm starting to not know what to think. Um, I got teams that I had full faith in that just don't look good anymore. I got the Packers and Aaron Rodgers that can't decide if they want to stay healthy or can't decide if they want to play good or play a an MVP level, like, it's a weird season, man. And as far as this game goes, like, it, it was it was nice to see OBJ start to to get a little momentum, Um, you know, start to look good, look like he was having a good time out there. Um, Obviously, uh, he's got the, the small injury, but hopefully that blows over. Uh, Matthew Stafford didn't have his best game of the season by any means. Uh, he missed some throws out there. Um, you know, I've now obviously he targeted OBJ ten times, um, only connected on five of those. Uh, as the timing gets gets better, uh, that those numbers will obviously start to become more efficient. Um, as far as Green Bay goes, that defense played well. Uh, everybody knows it's a good defense. Um, everybody knows what it's capable of when when they're healthy and and playing together. Uh, so overall, I'd like to say that this late in the season. Uh, that was a good gauge game, um, but <laughs> with the way the season's been, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you have the Colts looking like a God-tier team all of a sudden, and then they play Tampa Bay, and they just fall apart in the second half. Uh, it has been a weird year. There's been a lot of parity all season. Um, I believe you said it last week. You know, it's one of the most, like, even-looking seasons, at least to this point. Agreed. Um, moving on, though. Uh, Browns at the Ravens. Ravens get a win. Uh, I don't know how else to describe this other than just ugly. <laughs> like, they were out there committing penalties and just mental errors that you would expect a high school or a middle school team to commit. They didn't look like professional football players half the time. Um, I think the best ex- example of that is the Browns on fourth and one, or Ravens are lining up for fourth and one going for it. Um, the Browns line up, 
realize they have 12 men on the field, call a timeout. Huddle up, talk it over, line back up, run the play. They still had 12 guys on the field. <laughs> like, bro how, bro, how do you not, like, what is going through your mind at that point? They're just like, oh, shit, we got 12 guys. Like, were they, were they smoking something? Like, what? I don't know. But I just remember watching that, just going, what? And, of course, now the whole internet is roasting them and everything for it. Um, I see. That. I, I'm trying to cut Baker Mayfield slack because I know he's hurt. But um, that offense as a whole just wasn't clicking all night. Ravens are able to pull out a, a, a close win, um, take control of the AFC North. Um, Steelers look terrible. I think they're out of the playoffs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can even get the 500 this year. The Bengals are, you know, you said the last week, or a few weeks ago that you thought they were one of the best teams. And I was like, no, you know, they, they, they've sucked the last few weeks. And now here all of a sudden they're, you know, looking like a top two team that, or the, the Steelers were just that bad. I really don't know at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure. Rounds look shaky. Like I said, they have a lot of health questions. Um, but you know, as of right now, the Ravens look like the best team uh, and they're leading that division. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I believe there's six weeks left. Um, so it's it's gonna be fun to watch. Moving on, um, big win for you. The yes, the sir. Washington football team picks up a close win over Seattle. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, Seattle drives on the field. Um, they're down. What was it was seventeen to nine, right? Yeah. Uh, they they score a touchdown with just I think it was like thirty seconds left. Um, first of all, I've never seen a guy more wide open. Then that wide receiver running, it was across the middle of the field, too. Like, it wasn't, like, a swing route or anything. Like, the dude was in the middle of the field. I, I think there was, like, three defensive backs just staring at him. And, like, oh, damn, we were supposed to cover him. Anyway, they score. They're down by two. They line up to go for the, the tying two-point conversion. It fails. Uh, so, Washington's able to pull out a really close but much-needed win. Like I said earlier with the Cowboys struggling, they really needed that to keep pace uh, and try and catch up in the NFC East. To, to hopefully you know win that division um but anyway i'll let you talk about your team a little bit and what you thought go ahead yeah so honestly um it, it was a great game and even though the seahawks have been struggling lately i i still feel like you know to to be able to win against russell wilson especially in prime time um I, they showed a, a graphic last night of his record in prime time and I forget what it was, but it seemed absolutely ridiculous. Um, but anyway, uh, it felt good. Um, really their two touchdowns. Um, but especially the first one, you know, mainly, I guess what I'm getting at is that their scoring came off of really two big plays the entire game. Um, you know, while we, we dominated the time of possession, I believe it was like 41 minutes or 40 minutes to eight minutes at some or would it be 18 I don't, regardless whatever um too much math uh we dominated and really we should have scored more than what we did um uh, points wise but luckily when you're when you're having long drives and consistently having long drives and keeping your defense off the field um you know some of those points don't necessarily show up on the scoreboard so it was a great team win that we needed uh like you stated um, trying to, we are two games behind Dallas. Uh, I believe we are tied with Philly now. I think I don't have it up in front of me. Um, but I'm pretty sure we're tied with Philly. Uh, but 
like you said, we got um, Dallas. We still got two games left with Dallas. Uh, we have the Raiders, and then our last five games are actually all divisional. Um, so obviously every single one of those is going to be important. We already have one win against the Giants. Um, uh, obviously we could use some help, um, you know, but at the end of the day, we got to control what we can control. Uh, we've taken on the underdog mentality lately, and it's been working. So hopefully it continues. It, it must be nice to have at least a semblance of hope and faith in your football team. I don't know what uh, that's like. The last time yeah. I did, I watched a, a field goal go off both uh, the upright and the crossbar, and then I just screamed at my TV for about 30 seconds. Um, that's fair, yeah. It, it, well, it's it's a slight glimmer at this point, yeah. but a glimmer. I, I should say NFL team. College team, I had hope up until Utah just steamrolled <laughs> us last week. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. But yeah, so we're just, I'm just going to stop it there. <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, Oregon, Utah, they do play in the Pac-12 championship. I have a, a small announcement to make. When we get to that on Thursday, uh, we, we got a little bit more news to get through here. Um, we're going to switch over to college basketball now. Um, we, that was a huge week last week. A lot of great games. Um, I, I tweeted out feast week is probably uh, one of my favorite weeks of, of the year. Um, and that'll lead us into our top five and a little bit later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but just get over some headlines here. Uh, Duke is the new number one in college basketball. Um, it, it, was, it was a nice couple years, you know, when they weren't the best team anymore. Um, looks like that's over this year. Um, I, I think it's a combination between, you know, it being Coach K's last year and the players playing at an elevated level for that and, two, just the talent they brought in um, and finally having a, a full year of practices and all that stuff. Um, you know, Duke's back at the top and they, and they look, they look really, really good. Um, Gonzaga, on the other hand, um, has started to struggle a little bit. Uh, they beat UCLA early last week. Um, UCLA kept it close a little bit, but other than that, Gonzaga just ran away with it. Um, they go into Friday's match against Duke. It was a great game back and forth. Very close game. Uh, I believe Duke won by two. Um, and then last night they play Tarleton. Hey, Nick, have you ever heard of Tarleton? Carlton. Tarleton. I can't say that I have, honestly. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, and they almost beat Gonzaga. They were Ooh. actually up. I think it was like just under two minutes left. They were up on Gonzaga. Uh, but Gonzaga is able to pull out the win. Uh, so they fought at number three this week. Purdue is number two. Uh, Purdue is another team that has looked really, really good this year. A uh, big win over Villanova. Um, but moving on, we had both Kansas and Alabama upset in the same tournament. Uh, Kansas loses to Dayton on a last-second field goal. I watched that go in, and I just remember sitting there. I, I believe they tried to take a three. Um, I don't know how Kansas let them get the rebound, but they got it. They kicked it out uh, and got a last-second uh, jumper uh, to upset Kansas there. I believe it was the first time in 35 games against an unranked opponent that Kansas had lost. Um, so a big shock there. Uh, but I think Kansas will be fine. Uh, Dayton is always one of those like really sneaky, good teams. They're pretty much always in contention to get into March Madness. And usually when they do, um, they look pretty good. They, might, they may not always win, but they do look pretty good. Um, 
I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of Same. myself. I haven't let you talk at all. Do you have any oh, thoughts good, about what I brought up? You no, know, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting here like going off, and all of a sudden I went, wait, I haven't heard Nick talk in like five minutes. No, that's no. And first of all, I didn't even want to talk about Dayton because they were again. I, I when it comes to betting, I'm terrible at like money line versus spread, and um, that one I I believe I'm pretty sure that was the game that I chose the spread, and even though they won didn't cover or no because they they would have been underdogs so it, they couldn't have been that game just totally ignore everything i just said um but regardless uh big upset um you know it it's early in the season that's why they run these tournaments so everybody can figure out you know where they're at and right. how they compare to everybody else and still have enough season to you know turn things around and whatnot um which makes for good entertainment uh i hate like college football for example most of the time, the first couple weeks are top teams playing scrubs. Um, so I, I do appreciate basketball and that they allow these opportunities to happen this early in the season. Um, again, a lot of you know, a lot of season left. Uh, big things happening. Right. Um, I, I will say I I don't think I will ever find myself comfortable enough to start betting on college basketball. Oh, you um, can't. It's yeah, terrible. No, yeah, it's just, it's there's, terrible. There's so many unknowns. Like NBA, I think you can kind of get more of a grip on it, but like who's good, who's bad, you know, who's playing, you know, surging at a time, who's, you know, on the downswing, whatever. Uh, I don't, yeah, college basketball is just way too difficult for me to try and bet on. Yeah. I can um, tell you for the most part that like stars in college basketball typically will be more consistent. Um, Now, I don't know. I've never bet on college basketball, so I don't know what all you can bet on. Um, I, I'm pretty sure but, any college sport, you can't do, like, player prop bets. Like, the NFL, yeah, you can be like, so. anytime touchdown scorer, um, George Kittle, whatever. And I, because I, I've tried doing it in college football, and I, I know you can't do it there, and I'm almost 100% certain you can't do it yeah. in any college sport that you can't do prop bets like that. Um, I figured. And I, I think maybe we'll see a change in that with the NIL um, coming in, you know. But probably not. But that remains to be seen. Um, also, really quick, just want to go over Alabama getting upset um, by Iona. Um, Rick Pitino, the former Louisville coach, uh, won a national title over there, left in that big scandal. He's now over there. Um, Rick Pitino has always been a really good coach. Granted, hasn't always had the best practices. You know, that's why he got in trouble. But um, he's a great coach nonetheless. He's able to lead that. Uh, team to a top 10 upset of Alabama. Um, they then lost to Kansas and I believe the third place game. But um, that wraps up the news. Uh, then this week, uh, we have the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which, again, I always love watching just the teams that get matched sure. up in there. Uh, Duke's playing Ohio State. Michigan plays UNC. That's a game I'm really looking forward to because Michigan has struggled. So is UNC. So it'll be interesting to see which of those teams is, is able to right the ship. And, yeah, you know. and it's, uh, quite honestly, I, I just realized this too, but um, college basketball and college football is pretty similar, at least as far as ACC versus uh, Big Ten, uh, especially for the Big Ten. The Big Ten's um, in football is known for, you know, more physical, more tough, and I feel like their basketball teams kind of reflect that, um, whereas the ACC... Uh, you could argue there's some tough teams in the ACC for football, but um, ACC is to me is more flashy. Um, you know, looks good, uh, and that's how their basketball teams tend to be. 
So I just I just thought about it. Just realized I figured I'd share it. With see, see when you, like I mean we're leaving college basketball here for a minute, but like when I think of tough teams in the ACC football wise, my my mind always goes to Boston College, and it used to be Virginia Tech. Like Virginia Tech under Frank Beamer was just a hard nose. You know we're gonna run the ball down your throat, and you know we might not have the best offense, but you know we're gonna have one of the toughest defenses, and it's up to you to figure out that defense. And if you do, then you know you're most likely gonna beat us. And yeah. they they've gotten away with you know from that lately. You know they've tried to go the the more flashy style offense, um, and you could tell it just that's not Virginia Tech style. Even if you know that's who they recruit, whatever, it just wasn't working for them at all. Yeah. Um. Now with Brett Pry going there, I think they're going to get back to that tough identity. Um, it'll yep. be interesting to see who he brings in as his offensive coordinator, and you know what kind of style they go with. I think the best thing for Virginia Tech going forward would be, you know, almost like an Iowa or an Iowa State offense, where you can just run the ball at will, but you also have the ability to just spread it out and, and run the. I would say more so Iowa State, not Iowa. I don't think Iowa can throw a ball more than 15 yards. I don't believe so. But um, Iowa State has, not this year, well, they've had, they've had their struggles this year. But in the past years, they have that offense where they can line up in the eye and just gouge you with a run all day, or they can line up and gun and just throw the ball left and right. Um, I think that's the ideal target for Virginia Tech to get to next year. Um, Agreed. But yeah, just... just that those two teams in my mind always come to mind when I think of you know tough hard nosed teams in the ACC for football. For sure. Um, yeah. So moving on, I briefly touched on it. Our top five this week. Um, we're gonna give you our top five weeks in in the year to be a sports fan. Um, like I like I mentioned, one of mine is is gonna be feast week. Um, but things along that line, like themed weeks, almost you know on ESPN or or in sports in general, whatever. Um, we'll both give you our top fives again and see if we can come up with a definitive, you know, overall top five. Um, but Nick, you want to go ahead and give me your top five? Yeah, so uh, number five, I I didn't know exactly, like, how to specify this specific week. Um, but, I, well, I mean, I guess draft week, but I, I was trying to think of something cooler than that when I was thinking about it. But, um, you know, that week around draft, right before the draft, right after the draft, probably, I'd say maybe it's more like week and a half, two weeks. But regardless, um, you know, trades happen before the draft, uh, after the draft, you know, you have the hype of who your team picked up and whatnot, uh, along with the the hype of, you know, who you think your team's going to draft and whatnot. Um, and uh, I was thinking NFL when I said this, but quite honestly, for any sports fan, whatever your team is, uh, that, that draft week is is definitely at least in my opinion my number five um you want me to go the whole way through my five yeah, yep go ahead just give me your, okay. all, all your fives um number four i have the week after new year's um you can even stretch it a little bit to christmas uh for nfl games but mainly my my point here was uh was college football um you have the top teams going against each other the uh college football playoffs all that fun stuff um Number three, I have, uh, again, this is kind of a, depending on your, your sport and your team, but opening week, um, it doesn't matter if it's opening week for baseball and you're a huge baseball fan, or it's the first 
uh, regular season weekend or of the NFL or whatever it is, um, you wait all year for it. And when it finally comes, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Um, number two for me, uh, is going to be the week we happen to be in, uh, the Thanksgiving week. Um, you specified yours a little bit, which I'll let you get to. Um, but I enjoy this whole week. One, the food's great. And if you're a sports fan and you're watching sports, there's a good chance you're eating while you're doing it. So not only do you have Thanksgiving food, but you have all the Thanksgiving games, uh, the games that come out with it, rivalry week in college football, all that. And uh, my number one, I'm not going to lie to you. I broke the rules on this one. Um, I couldn't. Uh, I, I had to mention this, but I couldn't find just a week in there that I liked. Um, so I chose February to March as my first one because I like being difficult. Um, <laughs> but I chose that because, let's be honest, it's the best time of the year for sports fans. Um, maybe not all sports fans, but sports fans nonetheless. Um, you have, uh, you know, college football season just ended, so you can focus on more stuff. You got uh, the... NFL playoffs, uh, March Madness, uh, or uh, NBA basketball uh, would be, I guess, getting into or getting close to the, I guess, getting close to the playoffs at that point for NBA. But regardless, um, it's championship season. It's the best kind of season. I'm all about it. All right. Solid top five. Uh, My top five. uh, Number five. I also actually have draft week. Um, Nice. Just, just leading it, and like you said, it could be any draft, NBA, MLB. Well, MLB is not that anybody can get excited about it, but it's just like super hard to follow because I think there's like, I don't even, I, I lose track of how many rounds there is every year, um, <laughs> but it just seems like that draft goes on forever. Um, but you, you know, you have all the news coming out all week, like and the mock drafts. You're constantly looking at that and and seeing who you're gonna get, and whether you have a really good team or a really bad team. Um, you just get really excited about your future and about, you know, who's going to come in, you know, how are they going to impact this team? You know, what are they going to do to make us better? And it, it just has a lot of excitement around it. Uh, number four, I have the New Year's six, uh, or New Year's weekend. Uh, like you said, um, All right, we're two for two. Let's yeah. go. New Year's day has a tunch. New Year's day has a bunch of great bowl games. The Rose Bowl is always on New Year's day. Uh, I believe the Cotton Bowl is always on New Year's Day, or almost always on New Year's Day. Um, but you saw the Citrus Bowl and like just all the the Outback Bowl, like the classic New Year's Day bowl games. You know, you wake up from you know staying up till midnight watching the ball drop, and now that we're older, we do that hungover. <laughs> but and then you just sit on the couch all day, eating snacks. Uh, if you're from you know the Pennsylvania Dutch area, you got pork and sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just sit there and you eat all day and you just watch football nonstop. And it's it's a lot like Thanksgiving, and it's just a great great time of year. Um, and then once Saturday's over, you come to Sunday, and you have NFL football, and you don't have to move. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, just a great time of year. Um, you said opening week. I I just put week one of football. Um, but sure. I, I'm willing to switch that to opening week because because you are right. You know, opening week of baseball is is a great time. Uh, if tickets were a little bit less expensive, you know. <laughs> I would love to go to, especially an opening day game. Um, but nonetheless, uh, the the first week of any season is is always great. College, I I wrote week 
week one of football, because college football, you have Labor Day weekend. There's always at least like four big matchups, if not five or six. Yeah. Um, you know, Thursday night, you usually have a big game. Friday night, there's a big game. Saturday night, there's at least two or three. I know Charlotte here, we have the the Duke's Mayo kickoff game. Atlanta, they have the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Um, Sunday, they usually have one in Orlando. And then Monday night, even, they usually have a big game, too. Um, so, and then the next weekend, they follow it up, and it's week one of NFL. You have big game Thursday night, maybe even two. I, I don't think they do that anymore. I know they used to. Uh, they used to do two games on Thursday night, two games on Monday night. Um, hmm. But it's just I don't remember that, but I don't remember anything. So or may, no, I believe it was Monday night. I think they tried doing it oh, like two years. It was maybe. like two Monday night games. They would do one on the East Coast at like right at uh, eight or seven thirty, maybe even they might have bumped it up, and then at hmm. ten thirty they did another game. Okay. Um, I think they only tried it for like two years, but nonetheless, week one of football, you know, is always my favorite, but. I do definitely enjoy um, opening opening week of, of baseball. Um, number two, uh, I I've, I did mention Feast Week, uh, but I also put Rivalry Week because they almost always go together. Usually yeah. Rivalry Week in college football is Thanksgiving weekend, um, so that runs right there with uh, Feast Week. Um, I, I'm willing to change that. To like I think you just put Thanksgiving Week. I did. Um, but yeah, and we're four for four, by the way. I just want to put that out I, there. I know. Um, Feast week with college basketball. You just like happened this week. You have so many great games every day, and, and it's like you, you can't turn the TV off because you have Gonzaga and Duke playing, or you have Gonzaga UCLA, or you got you know Kansas getting upset by Dayton, and it's just a great time to be a college basketball fan. And then on the football side, you have all these great rivalries. And it's just so much fun to watch. And on Thanksgiving Day, you have the tradition of, you know, the Lions and the Cowboys losing. Um, and then usually a really good nightcap Wouldn't be game. Thanksgiving without it. Exactly. It, it's it's like the, the gravy to your mashed potatoes. Like, it just makes your, your day complete watching those two teams lose on Thanksgiving Day. Yes, sir. Um, now, my number one, I have the I, – I didn't put February to March, so we're, we're not going to go five for five. That's all right. Uh, I put the first week of March Madness. Um, okay, we'll call it four and a half or five. I I don't. Yeah, the only other time I know people to just either a call out of work is is the Super Bowl, but the stories of people getting their you know vasectomies and things like that just so they can just sit around all weekend and watch college basketball. I like I don't think there's anything. Bro, that... that's a great idea. <laughs> well, you need I, you need I'm... one period. Yeah, <laughs> but it's ha- yeah. it's happening. Call it February twenty seventh. Yeah, but just kidding. I, that's not the exact date. It, but, I know uh, March Madness technically usually don't start till like close to the like. Yeah, I think it's like days in. it's like halfway through. It's usually like right around St. Patrick's Day it starts. Oh yeah, true. true. Um. Anyway. But yeah, like, ju- just like it, it's four channels of nothing but college basketball for two days straight. Yeah, and then after that, I think they cut it down. I think it's still four channels, but the games are a little bit more spaced out because you know half half the field's gone. But it, it's just such a great time of year. Like I said, I don't see the amount of commitment to other things to get out of work just to sit at home and watch basketball. Yeah, um, and to be honest with you, like it brings back memories. Like when I was in high school, if it was those first couple days, like I now we had laptops in high school, so like. 
we could do whatever we wanted on him. So my ass was watching March Madness. And it got to the point where, like, my senior year, by the time March Madness came around, like, nobody even asked. They they see my laptop open up, and they see me staring at it, and they knew exactly what I was doing. And I got good grades, so, like, I got away with it. But I remember looking at my history teacher, like, right in the eye. I think it was 10th grade. Actually, it was a student teacher in my history class. And I, like, uh, it happened to be a UNC game that was on. And I, I was like, yes. And I didn't realize I had said it out loud. And he was like, are you watching March Madness back there? And I'll never forget that I looked over at, like, the real history teacher, not the student teacher, the real history teacher. And this man's was leaning over looking at my laptop. And I was like, yeah, I am. Like, I got my boy <laughs> over here watching with me, too. What are you going to say about it? Like, it just it, it's great, man. It's, See, it's, I, I have the same memory, but in the, in the opposite way of saying, yeah, there, true. Uh, Nova was a two seed. I, I believe I was in like eighth grade at the time and Villanova was a two seed and we were taking a test on our computer <laughs> and I, I didn't get great grades in high school, but, um, I'm sitting there and like, I had the test and, and the game open in like two separate windows, like side by side. And I'm like watching back and forth and Villanova gets upset and I just screamed. Luckily <laughs> I didn't curse, but I just screamed. I was like, what are you freaking kidding? And I was so upset. And my teacher's like, yo, like, is something wrong with your test? And, like, I didn't have enough time to close the window. And he walks over and sees it. And he's just like, yeah, no, you're done. And I got sent to the office. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. because you didn't get good grades, George. Yeah, pretty much. That is, I, I, I wasn't the greatest student, period. Um, yeah, I'll say this. I, I, I'm sure none of them listened to this. Um, but I want to apologize to all my teachers from middle school and high school. I didn't realize how hard I was making their lives until I started dating a teacher and I'm now engaged <laughs> one. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to marry one. Um, and just hearing her come home every day and like, just complain about these kids. I was like, Oh shit, yo, like this is what, <laughs> this is probably what my teachers did. Like they came home and they're like, yeah, I have this good, this good student, this good student, but this one kid, George, Oh my God. Like I could just beat the hell out of him. And I'm just like, like, I, I, I never thought about that until I, I was, was with Hannah and I was like, Oh Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. So if if any Bruh. of you do hear this message, I am sorry for everything I put you through. <laughs> that reminds me of I I won't throw names around because it's in the past, but a girl that I had talked to at one point, and she was like, "How do you know George?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's my cousin." And she was like, "Oh shit, I hated him in high school. He was annoying in class." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that that narrows it down to absolutely nobody because I <laughs> and I was like. My my thing in high school too, and we were getting way off track. Oh my god! But anyway, oh well. Um, my thing in high school, we're allowed to, and, and well, in school in general, is like I would try and do stupid stuff to impress people. Be like, yeah, I, w I want you to be my friends, and they're like <laughs> I would get them to laugh. But it was like that that scenario of they're not laughing with me, they're laughing at me, and I just never realized it. Like I was just a butt of everybody's jokes, but I was like, oh, like they find this funny, I'm just gonna keep doing really dumb shit, yeah. and I just annoyed the hell out of people. But you know that that's one of those things. Like you look back and it's like, yeah, I I, I could have you know handled myself better and differently, yeah. and I should have. But I am where I am now. You know, there's nothing I can do. It is exactly. what it is. Anyway, back to our top luckily five. We have luckily we have sports to cause self reflection. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so number five, are are we going draft week? Number five. Yeah. yeah did, is that what you? What where do you have draft week number five? Yeah, I had draft okay. week number five. All right, what are we putting at number four? 
I'm pretty sure. When I, I'm pretty sure we were five, uh, essentially. Like, five I, I know five we have exactly. Yeah, we pretty much have everything the same. I just want to. We got to get the order. Oh, right. that's what really matters. What'd you have at number four? Number four is New Year's. Yep. Okay. All right. So that's New Year's. Number three. What'd you have? Opening week. Oh, yeah. Did we seriously just go five? Like. Every- yeah, that's what I'm telling you. We were oh. five for five, exactly the same list. All right. I mean, well, I said February to March because yeah. I. I couldn't leave out, like, NFL playoffs, but... Well, see, when you get to February, it's only the Super Bowl. That's fair. Well, I mean, then you definitely can't leave. Well, All right, well, so are we doing that, that wide time frame for number one? Or are we just I mean, you said time? weeks, so, like, I'm cool with... Especially, like, after we talked about it, I'm definitely, like, in all reality, like, I like the Super Bowl, but, like, I'm pretty sure last year, I didn't... Or, no, the year before, I didn't even watch it, I don't think, um, which is insane to say. It might have been... It might not even been two years ago. I don't know. But one year, I, like, didn't even care about watching it because I forget who was playing, but I was like, meh. Um, But I know, like, I don't care if, like, the Charlie Brown School of the Blind is playing Duke in, you know, the round of 64. I'm watching that shit. Yeah. Like, it's on. (laughs) All right. Number five. Number five, we got draft week, uh, specifically NFL draft week. uh, But we kind of let this one open because... You know, we know not everybody likes, or not everybody loves the NFL like we do. Yep. All right, moving on. Number four. Number four, New Year's, uh, specifically New Year's six games, uh, college football. Uh, but around that time, it's just, it's a good time in sports. Yep, moving on. Number three. Number three, we got opening week. Opening week. Again, uh, we left this open to kind of any sports, um, but... Uh, George had specifically mentioned college football week, uh, which he was definitely right for because they got some good games. Number two. Number two, uh, Thanksgiving week, specifically rivalry week, week, uh, feast week, and the Thanksgiving games uh, in the NFL always make for good entertainment. Uh, It's a good week of a lot of food and a lot of good sports. Number one. And number one, we got week one of March Madness, uh, especially if you're a basketball fan, arguably the best time of the year. Uh, it's just nonstop excitement, uh, at least at least for that first week. Absolutely. All right. So um, that wraps up our show for tonight. Uh, definitely a longer one. I went on a couple of rants there. Uh, I just had to get it off my chest. I still hate you, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. Again, I mean, I did grow up in a Notre Dame house. So I still have an affinity for Notre Dame, I would say. Um, but by no means am I a diehard fan for them like I am for Oregon. And I've never really been a fan of Oklahoma. But just watching what the two of them did and the decisions they're making right now, um, I, I just had to get off, get that off my chest. Um, but thank you guys again so much for, for checking this out. As always, please leave us your feedback. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet. Uh, we do have an Instagram now, too. I brought Twitter before. Um, we do have an Instagram at Jack Wagon Sports. I believe it's Jack underscore Wagon underscore Sports. Uh, please head over there and check that out. Give us a follow. We're we're trying to post more and more content on there and on Twitter at Jack Wagon Sports. Um, yeah, please check us out. Give us your feedback. Yeah, definitely. Uh, show us some love. Uh, hit on hit up the Twitter, hit up the Instagram. Um, you know we have we're open to all kinds of suggestions. Uh, we do a top five uh, debate every every show um so 
feel free to let us know what you think we should debate next. As you know, sometimes it's more of a debate. Sometimes George and I go 5-0 and without even talking about it previously uh, with the same exact picks. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let us know if you want to hear something. Um, specifically, uh, if you want to hear anything about maybe your favorite team, you want to know what we think about, you know, something that they're doing or their record or whatnot, uh, by all means, show us some love. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. Um, and take her easy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to put up more and more polls or like open-ended questions on Instagram, especially, um, for you guys to answer, um, uh, so we can, you know, give that feedback here on the podcast as well. Um, but again, just thank you guys so much for, for checking this out. Uh, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to some more episodes. Um, we've grown a lot the last few weeks. Um, but one last time, thank you so much. We'll be back thursday with another episode uh we will see you guys then as always this has been george i'm nick and this is jack wagon sports podcast see you next time who's got internet that's never lagging whose groceries do their own bagging who's got hair worth extra bragging with pants that aren't too sagging they only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. <laughs>